All right, welcome back into the tailgate. Zach Albaverde, Jeff Cardozo, Brett Holcomb here on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. And now we're going to get into some NFL talk. And uh, I know Brett has been looking forward to this weekend as his Eagles get after it. Can't Uh, wait. One of four games should be some great action. And uh, uh, we now go to the phone lines to get the scoop on all of it. Yeah, the, the guy that's coming on, he works for the Associated Press. He's a uh, former alum of my former station up in Philadelphia, WIP. Uh, and um, you may have seen him uh, on Marriage Boot Camp as a reality TV with his wife. And uh, he's the guy that broke the Ray Ray story. Rob Monty, what's up, man? Yo, Brett, what's going on, man? How are you guys down there? It's Doing a little, great, man. It's a little cold down here. We're getting yeah, out of like, got like 70, 72. <laughs> is, that, is that cold for you? No, I got down to like 38 today. Wow. Yeah, wow. and then, then quickly up quickly up to the 70s. Yeah, it, it starts at 38 and then it flip-flops by the afternoon. Oh, man. Every time I come down there for spring training, I never want to go home. Neither does my wife. Yeah, I was just telling the guys, like, you, you come down here for like four weeks for uh, yeah, spring we, training. Yeah, we spend every March. Yeah, I can't, can't wait. I'm already counting the days down. Well, and, and since we're talking about that, I'm a I'm a big baseball guy, Rob. Is uh, you know, are are the Phils getting Bryce Harper? What's the deal with that? Before we start talking some NFL, I think it's more likely they get Manny Machado. And now that you see the Yankees are kind of out of the running for yeah. Manny Machado, they signed DJ Lemayhu today. Uh, Manny Machado is the guy that wanted first and foremost. He can play third base. He, he's the they, and they actually go out and bring in his his former infield coach and mentor to be their infield coach just, uh, yesterday. So that's a, that's another step in the right direction. I do think they're going to end up with Manny. Uh, but they're meeting with Bryce Harper tomorrow. Uh, I, I feel he's going to end up back in Washington. I don't I don't see how they're going to allow him to go. They'll pay luxury tax or whatever they're going to have to do to keep him. But uh, I think it's Manny to Philly and Bryce Harper to uh, back to D.C. Uh, either one of them. I'd love that one. I know D- D- Jeff would not like that because he's a Braves fan. So. Well, I just, I mean, Manny Machado to me, it just, he just doesn't hustle. Like, it just, it doesn't seem to care. Uh, but maybe uh, the changes, uh, it gets a contract so or what? It's so, hustle so over. I, give me a guy who hits uh, 35 homers and drives in 100 runs and backs 300 and, and, and goes three halves, uh, three fourths of the way down the line every time. I'll take that over to the guy who goes hard 99% of the time. It's a routine out anyway. Yeah, but, but, I, and I understand that. I mean, you go to a major league game, and heck, you, you watch that, and and I mean, heck, David David Eckstein was a all star in this league because guys didn't hustle. He didn't have the arm to throw from short <laughs> to to first, but that's that's how he could be. But you know, he doesn't even many didn't even do it in the playoffs. It was just you know he goes there and he didn't even seem to care. So you guys can have him, and the the Braves will spank him around all day long. <laughs> I'll take it. Hey, look out for the Mets. I, I, yeah. I think the Mets are going to be – they got some great pitching, and they upgraded their lineup. Uh, I, I think people are, are going to fall asleep on the Mets, and they may surprise a, a lot of people in that division this year. Especially when they call up Tebow. <laughs> yeah, see? That, that, that'll be the key. Well, I wonder how marriage is going to change him, though, in this baseball. Things going to change? No, I, still a goal. I, I'm assuming he has a short engagement. I, th- I, think, Tim, I think Tim is going to get right on it they're going to get married quickly. I don't think it's going to be one of those year-and-a-half drawn-out engagements unless they're planning one of those big, giant, elaborate weddings. 
Uh, he'll he'll make it work. Well, we we planned for for this weekend. It's it's certainly a big one, and we'll we'll save the uh, the, the Eagles for last. I think you know the the most interesting one is you got a six seed in the Colts, and and you got the Chiefs who just put up a gazillion points left and right. But a, a lot of people are saying that the Colts have a legit shot at this. Probably the the hottest team in the NFL. So what do you make of this matchup? Because it seems like Andy Reid is uh, it's this time of year, and you know as, as you guys know from up there. You know, ever since he left you guys, it's uh, he hadn't been the greatest. Well, uh, he's broken Brett's heart many a time here in Philadelphia. And, and, yes, he has. Fans uh, <laughs> are getting used to that heartbreak. You know what scares me from uh, a Colts fan perspective, if you are a Colts fan, is that so many people are picking this as the upset. And, and when I see a lot of people jumping on one team, I tend to go the opposite direction. Uh, I, I know the Colts are playing very well right now. I know Frank Reich really well from uh, his time here in Philadelphia's offensive coordinator, and he's done a masterful job down there. Uh, I, it's, I can't see. Can Andy Reid really choke again in the first round? They're the number one seed. They got a different quarterback now. Patrick Mahomes is just such a talented kid at quarterback. He can do so many different things. I know losing Kareem Hunt was a big blow for that offense. I just think that Kansas City is past that point of heartbreak, and they're going to find a way to win it this week but then lose next. And then obviously the other game on Saturday is uh, the Cowboys and the Rams going at it. Uh, and, and as you can imagine, Rob, uh, Brett wants to wants the Rams to take care of business because of his, uh, his disdain for the Cowboys. But with the way L.A.'s been playing this year and the record they've put together, uh, you've got to like their chances on Saturday night. Yeah, you know what? I, I got to say this to Brett because I've been asking my callers this on my show. If you're really a diehard Eagles fan, you want the easier matchup next week, assuming they beat the Saints. Sure. Wouldn't you rather go to Dallas and play the Cowboys, who beat you twice, and, and it's really difficult to beat the Eagles three times in one season or beat anyone in your division, than go back to L.A. And How about that? The Rams. Right, you're going to try and beat the Rams three times within twelve a twelve month, thirteen month period. Brett, you're going to have to root for the Cowboys tomorrow if you're an Eagles fan. That said, I think the Rams are going to win that game. <laughs> Is that like sacrilegious? Were you getting a lot of pushback for for people actually having to? That would be like us down here saying, "Okay, we want Georgia to win," and you know, and trying to root for a bulldog. Uh, a tremendous amount of pushback. I, I might have had maybe two guys agree with me in a four-hour show. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. We're, we're going to root for the Cowboys. Everybody here, Eagles win first, and Cowboys lose. It's like uh, Cowboys lose is second, and if the Eagles lose, all they care about is the Cowboys lose. And I'm like, you got to see the bigger picture. The easier road to the Super Bowl for Philadelphia is an Eagles-Cowboys-NFC championship game, as unlikely as that may be. Yeah, but if the Eagles make it to the NFC championship in L.A., that stadium is going to be completely green. Yeah, yeah I, I get that, but they beat the Rams already right. twice and two, two Decembers in a row. I, I got to give Sean McVay a little bit more uh, the credit than than to lose again. I, I think they'll come up with a game uh, game plan and a scheme to combat the Eagles and find a way to win one. Uh, I, I, I just if, if I'm going to go up against a head coach and a quarterback in a, in a championship game, I'd rather go against Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott than, than Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, and Sean McVay. Well, since you just gave McVay credit, you are going to be a head coach candidate next year for one of these teams. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's looking for the next Sean McVay, right? Oh Instead God. of the next Doug Peterson. It's crazy. How about that? So uh, what about this other AFC? The, uh, nobody's talking about the Patriots. 
It, it's yeah. mind-boggling that nobody's talking about the Patriots doing anything, but they just win. What do you think? Do you think the Chargers got a shot in this one? I, I, re- I really do think they got a shot. Uh, I'm st- my preseason prediction is still holding true. I had Breeze-Brady Super Bowl with the Saints beating the Eagles in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, the Patriots uh, clearly are not as good as they were uh, in years past. They lost back-to-back games in December this year for the first time in, in forever. Uh, they do have some holes. They do have some flaws. Gronk isn't Gronk anymore, and, and Brady is shown a little finely, a little signs of slippage. If there's a team that can knock them off, it's this Chargers team. But that for them to go from, from West Coast, East Coast against Baltimore, back to West Coast, and come back and have to do it again, Philip Rivers has never beaten Tom Brady. Uh, I think this game is going to be very close and come down to uh, fourth quarter, maybe even overtime. I'm going to stick with the Patriots, but this would be the one that wouldn't shock me if there's an upset. Yeah, I would agree. We're talking with Rob Motti of the uh, the Associated Press. And, you know, Rob, for us uh, Florida boys down here that, that don't even know what a snowflake looks like, you know, I think that plays a part in this too. I know up in the Northeast it's it's not even going to get above 30. So what does snow do? Does it factor much into a, a football game? Like will Phillip Rivers not know what to do because all of a sudden there's stuff falling from the sky? Like what, what's going on? It, it really hurts defenses more than offenses because the offense you know – uh, you know the route you're running. Now the defensive guy is going to have some issues with slipping and falling. If it's just snow without swirling winds, it doesn't hurt the passing game. Uh, but it, it's really the wind more so than, than snow that's going to bother quarterbacks. And, and the team that's from the West Coast that's not used to it, that hasn't played in it, that can't handle those elements, they're always going to be at a disadvantage. Uh, and, and, hey, you go back to the, remember the Tuck Rule game and, and how that mm-hmm. one almost played out? That should have been a win for the West Coast team for, for the Raiders at that time. So uh, I, I, it, it all depends. on. I, I put it more on the wind being a bigger factor than the snow, and I don't know how it's going to be gusty there in Foxborough. So let's get to the big game. That's right. Um, you know, I've been hearing all week long from people that, you know, the Eagles have no shot because the Saints, you know, whipped them. Um, talk about what's different about this team now than it was when they played a, a few months ago. There's a, there's a lot different, and I'm going to start with the secondary. That's the biggest difference here. That, when they went up against the Saints in November, uh, they were already missing three-fourths of their starting secondary, but the guys they were throwing out there hadn't played much, had, had no experience. Craven LeBlanc, for example, had just signed uh, two weeks earlier, and he was getting his first defensive snaps in Jim Schwartz's system. You're now looking at six, seven, eight weeks down the road. Uh, these guys, these no-names, these cast-offs, these rookies, these backups, all these deep on the depth chart, Craven LeBlanc, Trace Sullivan, Rasul Douglas, all of them have stepped up, and they've played well. Craven has, has played well at nickel, in the nickel spot, and he really held down uh, Tariq Cohen last week and, and shut him down coming out of the backfield, three catches for 27 yards. They put a cornerback on him instead of a linebacker because they knew they couldn't cover him with a, with a linebacker. Douglas has been really physical at the outside corner spot in the team last week in tackles. So that's the one main difference. I know a lot of people point to, well, oh, Nick Foles is now starting instead of Carson Wentz. I think the biggest difference for the Eagles now is secondary has more experience playing together. They've built a little bit of a rapport, and they can play back there together and try and, and, and let Drew Brees. And that offense had over 500 yards. He had over 400 uh, I don't see 
that happening this time. I think they'll be able to limit him a little bit. And then, of course, Nick Foles is at quarterback as opposed to Carson Wentz. Uh, I know here people in Philadelphia have made it a Carson Wentz versus Nick Foles debate. It really isn't. Carson Wentz is the future for this team. Nick Foles is the greatest backup quarterback in the history of the NFL. Uh, I think we can all say that at this point. Uh, every time he goes out there, it could very well be his last time wearing an Eagles uniform. Uh, he, he does things a little bit differently. He's got a little bit of that Foles magic that they like to call it. I, 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 I think calling it magic is maybe in a little bit of a way demeaning towards his actual talent. This is a guy who's got skill, who's got talent, and who's clutch. And he's proven in big-time games he, he, does, he finds a way to win, and he plays with calm. He plays with cool, with composure. He's got tremendous poise. Nothing affects him. And I try and tell people this all the time. You've got a unique situation, a quarterback here in Philadelphia. Appreciate it. And you've got a guy in Nick Foles who really does not care, win or lose, success or failure. It doesn't define who he is as a person. And when you have a guy like that under center, nothing is going to be too big for him. No moment is going to scare him. And that's how he's able to complete a fourth and two pass to Golden Tate, who doesn't even know the route, and they and they win that game. You had a real quick um, interview with Ertz real quick. Talk about what Ertz said about Carson and uh, Nick and their relationship. Oh, man. Yeah, and and here's the thing, and, and you know where I stand and how, how much my faith makes a, a, a big difference and impact on my life. And the book I wrote about the Eagles from the perspective of the brotherhood, the Christian bond that these guys have. And, and when you look at Carson and Nick Foles, to the outside world, you would say, oh, Carson's got to be jealous. And people have called my shows and said, oh, he's selfish, he's playing, uh, he's trying, he's playing hurt, he's rushing back because he doesn't want to lose his job. But in actuality, like, I know these guys very well. Uh, I'm not basing all my thoughts and opinions on speculation and assumptions. I'm basing them on actual conversation with these guys and relationships I have with both of them. They genuinely love each other, support each other. Uh, they could not be closer. And, and, and there is absolutely no jealousy, no animosity. So it, it was, you know, I, I could say it for as much as I want to say it. And I wanted people to hear it from someone else. So I said, hey, Zach. Uh, I go to Zach Ertz, who's very close with both of them, especially Carson. I said, just explain the relationship between the two. And, and he said exactly what I said. Uh, th these are two guys who genuinely love and support each other, and they're happy for the other man's success. And, and when you have that at the quarterback position, that locker room is not divided. It's not yeah. a Nick Foles uh, camp versus uh, uh, a Carson Wentz camp. Like there may be in the, among the fan base and in the media. Not in that locker room. They understand the situation. They're able to go out there and give their all and play for the guy who's who they look at both of them as really strong leaders whoever's out there well i'll tell you what i, I got a man crush on uh zach Ertz. he helped me win a fantasy championship so it'll, <laughs> it'll be ever for in my uh my heart well rob it'll, you, know, you know what you got to do now though you got to donate a little bit of those winnings to the earth family foundation there you go there you go but yeah happy to do it that'd be awesome well you were awesome rob appreciate the uh the time i you know, I you sit here and Brett tells me and hypes guys up, and I thought anybody that knew Brett was, uh, you know, not going to be cool or not be fun, but uh, you you <laughs> you made it different than what we thought. So, Rob, thanks, good well, stuff, I, buddy. I, I'm, I'm glad you didn't ask me for a score. So, thank you for that. <laughs> We're, yeah, we went e went easy on you, bud. No, you already said the Saints right, were going to win. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I said it. All right, take care, guys. All right, thank Thanks, you. Man. That is uh, Rob Motti joining us here on the Titan MRI Hotline. At Titan MRI, you'll visit the only locally owned and operating 
MRI center in town. If you don't have any insurance, don't worry about it. They just want to get you in there, fix you up, and they'll do whatever it takes to make that happen. Even you can uh, come in after hours. That's how uh, great they are at Titan MRI. So call them up. Start feeling better today.